Any of you ever feel like that? Sometimes I feel discouraged and I feel like my life's in vain. Don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. I, I bet there's not a person in here that hadn't felt like that at some point in time, if you'd be honest. And because of that, I want you to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 20, that's 409 in my book, Old Testament. <clears throat> it's right after First Chronicles. Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. I'm just listening to those pages turn. That's got to be intimidating to the devil. I love the sound of that. Y'all can use your cell phones all you want to, but I love to hear them pages fanning. Come on. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. You'll see in the passage of Scripture that we're going to read that uh, if you ever had one of them I don't know what to do moments, Let's read chapter 20, verse 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever. And they dwell in it, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, or judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in the temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are some of the people, Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asphath in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed by this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, 
and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping him. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and, he shall, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who stood, who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercies endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which were stripped off of themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because it was so much. I'd like to talk to you for just a few minutes tonight about what to do when you don't know what to do. You know, sometimes, in fact, today, I walked into my office. I usually get over here since we've been doing this construction, by the way, which is almost complete. And next week, the cry room will be open for the first time in nine years of the history of a church. We got a place for a baby. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. And so we want to encourage you that if you have a, a baby that's crying and being disruptive in the service, uh, don't quench the Spirit of God. You're welcome here, but we'll have a nice place fixed for you and a speaker in there that you'll be able to hear. Your babies are welcome to stay in the services. They're not disruptive. And, I, and, and how many of you can say that in nine years, very few times have we experienced that? It's been amazing how it's just been so good. But I'm thankful that the construction will be completed this coming week. And uh, thank you who have faithfully given and helped support the, the work. Uh, we won't owe a penny when it's over with. I just believe it's going to be paid for like everything else has been that, that God has done around here. And so, but help us get the word out that the, the cry room is what we're going to call it. It's to my right, to your left, in that north end of the building. Got a four by six glass. You'll be able to look in on the services. We'll have a speaker in there for you where you can control the volumes of that. And we want you to not let your baby keep you at home. You come on and be a part of worship. So what to do when you don't know what to do? In verse 3, the first point I'd like to make is, you know, they, they came to Jehoshaphat and they told him, there's a great army coming against you. They're coming from across the sea. Actually, there's three or four armies that have teamed together that are coming against him. 
And the first thing that he did when he heard this is he set out in verse 3 to seek the Lord. When you don't know what to do, the first thing you need to do is turn to the Lord to find out what his will in the situation is. You'll notice as we read this passage of scripture later on in there, it says you're not even going to need to fight in this fight. You're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There are other times in scriptures where we read where they're encountering a battle and the Lord says, there, not, there shall not an enemy stand before you against whom you fight. There are times you need to fight. So my point here is this, is the first thing that you need to do is you need to seek the Lord and his will for your circumstance and your situation. You need to find out what he thinks about what's going on in your life. And then secondly, in verse four, you see where they ask help. From the Lord. One thing that I have learned in recent years of Christianity is we're real good at telling God what we want, but we've become somewhat remiss in asking. Let me go down here. <laughs> we've become real good at telling God what we want. But we've become remiss in asking. I want you to know, you show me in the, in the word of God. Show it to me where you're supposed to boss God around. It ain't in there. It says we're to come to his presence. We're to worship and adore and to love and we're to ask. We're to let our petitions and requests be made known unto God. And we're to ask him. We can tell him what our wishes and desires are, but we're to ask him to intervene and to move upon, upon our behalf. Listen, he's God, you're not, Amen. nor am I. But we're his and he's ours and he lives in us and he enables us and empowers us to go forth and to accomplish things with his help and with his strength and his might and in his power that we in and of ourselves cannot nor ever will be able to do. So we need to ask him to help us. Amen. The Lord says, the word says, call on the Lord. And he hears us. Call on the Lord and he'll show us great and mighty things. Cry unto the Lord and he hears the cries of his people. Oh, I love it that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth among his people. That's Christians looking for someone that will let him show himself mighty and strong Amen. upon their behalf. You see, we have to let God arise so that your enemies can be scattered. We can't keep him in a box and we can't keep him chained up and we can't boss him around and, and use him as a Santa Claus. He's God. Amen. There's none like him. But he desires and he deserves our respect and our adoration and our love and our consideration. So ask him to get involved in your circumstance. And then thirdly, in verses six to nine, you need to remind yourself of who God is. I want you to listen to this. One of the few verses that I'm gonna reread. In the bottom part of verse six, it says, in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? Last line of verse nine. 
You will hear and you will save. You need to remind yourself of God's word, his promise, his covenant to you is that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. There's nothing impossible to him that believeth. There's nothing that God can't do other than two things. I almost fell into my own trap, Marvin. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've encouraged you around here. Are you one of them people that believes that, that God can do anything? I used to be. I'm not anymore. Because I found through his word where there's two things he can't do. He can't lie and he can't fail. Hallelujah. He can't lie and he can't fail. My God will not fail me. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He's still the miracle working God that we read in the Old Testament. He's still the miracle working God that we read in the New Testament. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hadn't grown old, weak, feeble, and senile. He's the same. And it's time we up our expectancy level of God. You see, he wants us to expect him to show up and show out in our circumstances and in our lives. And how do we do that? By reminding ourselves of who he is. And fourthly, in verse 14, we've got to know that the spirit of the Lord will come. It says in verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came. When the spirit of the Lord shows up, the anointing, is present. Amen. You see, even though the ink on the pages of this book are true and they're accurate, God even said that the letter killeth, but the Spirit of God giveth life. There have been so many well-meaning people that have taken the word of God and ran people so far from God by their approach to them with the word and their hardness and their judgmentalism and their doctrinal religious dogma. Baloney is a good word, but I said dogma. When the truth is they need to hear the truth, but they need to hear it in love. They need to hear it's the goodness of God that causes men to repentance, not the judgment. Judgment will come, but they need to hear about this good God that loves them and loves enough that he sent his son that died on a cross, didn't stay dead, walked out of a grave. He's alive today, interceding our case, seated at the right end of the Father, making intercession for you and for me. You gotta know that that spirit will come. I was traveling from the East Coast back when I was roping a lot and traveling across the country and I'd been out on the East Coast in North Carolina and I was coming back to Tunica, Mississippi just south of Memphis to one of Buddy Norman's ropings, uh, Robert. And uh, I was almost to Jackson, Mississippi. I won't ever forget it. I had a new truck. And, you know, with a new truck you get that serious radio stuff that you don't have to pay for. And man, I found me a gospel channel, which I seldom listen to the radio. I usually use that time to pray or answer the telephone. But anyway, I had found a Christian channel, and there was this old black preacher. 
And when I tell you, he was preaching hell hot and heaven glory. And he said something that I've never forgotten. And you listen to it. He says, it's the preaching of Jesus in his fullness that subpoenas. Anybody ever been arrested or summons to court? I tricked some of you, but it's the, it's the preaching of Jesus in his fullness that subpoenas, means he has to show up, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know something. When you embrace Jesus in the, his fullness, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the power has to come. It no longer is just dead dogma religion. It becomes alive. This word becomes alive. And then it accomplishes what the Lord sent it to do because he watches over his word to perform it. It's not just any longer ink on paper. It's life and power in action. Amen. Know that the spirit of the Lord will come. Verse 17, don't be afraid. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of peace and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. I want you to know, Scripture says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I like to change the punctuation just a little bit. No wording change, but to change the punctuation to say when the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against him. Look, the devil can't slip up on Jesus. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing. No sickness, no disease, no financial disasters, no relational issues. Nothing takes him by surprise. It's a fact. So don't be afraid. Next in verse 18, notice that they didn't stop worshiping the Lord. And you don't need to stop worshiping him. Once again, I will clarify the difference in worship and praise. Hopefully you know this by now. Worship is a deep adoration and respect and reverence for the essence of who God is. He's holy. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. None like him. And he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy to be adored. He's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to bow before him in worship. And we should never, ever, ever, ever stop worshiping. Let me move on. Next in verse 20, we've got to use faith. And that's why I try so hard to get you to plug into the Word of God, either through 
those little word for the day devotionals we give or through the Bible itself or through some other devotion or through listening to whoever through CD or whatever those other things are, MP3s or iPods or iPads or whatever they are. I see you laughing at me, Taylor. <laughs> whatever form you can find, get the Word of God in you because it's the Word and nothing but the Word that produces faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word. Amen. You can pray for more faith. You can hope for more faith. You can ask for more faith, but faith comes one way. That's the Word. If you're going to be weak in faith, just don't read the Word. If you want to be strong in your faith, if you want your faith to grow, get into the Word. There's no shortcuts. You have to sow yourself into the Word of God and put it in your heart so that when the moment of need arises, the Holy Spirit can quicken that Word to you, put the bullets in your gun to fight the devil with that you need to fight. That's the way you fight the devil is with the Word. Faith, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. Let him direct your path. You see, what's important, it's nice when we understand. It's nice when we see clearly. It's nice when we uh, got the picture, but it's better than nice when you may not see or know, but yet you trust in the Lord with all your heart because you know he's got your back. Nothing will befall you. Nothing will overcome you. Nothing will beset you. Next, in verse 22, we see where they sang and praised the Lord. Prayer, thanksgiving, praise. Notice that they're, they're beginning to give him the praise and stuff before the battle. He says, now, when they began to sing and to praise. Let me back up. I won't want you to miss this. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. See, they began to fight among themselves, and they destroyed one another. Sounds like some churches I know. You know, it's been said, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it's been said before that Christians are the only one that kill their wounded. Let me tell you something. If you see a brother overtaken in a fault, you which, don't start throwing rocks. You which are spiritual, go to him in a spirit of meekness and love with the purpose of restoring and healing. If you got any other purpose, don't you go. Keep your mouth shut. Get on your knees and pray and intercede. Stand in the gap and let the Lord do a work in that life. Everyone is worthy of the opportunity to repent and turn to God. Seemed like I read somewhere else over in the New Testament where Paul and Silas had cast the spirit of divination out of this young lady and Boy, her owners were plenty ticked. They were hot. They were mad because she made them a lot of money. And they lay a bunch of stripes on Paul and Silas's back and cast them into prison and they're into shackles. And what does the word say about that? It says, and at midnight, representative of the darkest hour, 
said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. And when they did that, the shackles fell off. The door swung open. They led the jailer to the Lord and his household. I want you to know something. When you can learn to sing and to praise and to worship God in the middle of your dungeon, in the middle of your midnight, in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your turmoil, when you can learn to do that because you know that he said, I will not fail thee, I will make a way. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you'll see God show up and circumvent what's going on. You'll see him come up, even if it means causing your enemies and foes to destroy one another. It's just that simple. And then look what happens lastly, and I close. Come on up, Nathaniel. Verse 25, we see the victory where they had won. And his people come to take away the spoil and there was an abundance of valuables and precious jewelry. And they were three days carrying away the spoils. I just threw that in as a little extra lanyard because of this. When you stay faithful to God, when you walk out God's word in your life, when you stay faithful, when you serve him in spite of, when you look to him in spite of, when you trust him in spite of circumstances and the way they look and what people are saying and God will meet your needs emotionally, financially, spiritually, relationally. I wanna encourage you. Most of you probably miss it. Duke's not here tonight. About six o'clock, I got a call from Robin. I was just happened to be turning into the front of the church out here, and there was terrible pain hit Duke in the side, and he headed toward town because he wanted to be closer to the hospital. Robin shared this with me, and she and my wife, Glenda, and, and I got on the phone. We got Duke on the phone, and we just prayed for him. And in about five minutes, Robin, correct me if I'm wrong. About five minutes, he called back. And there was such exuberance and joy in his voice and excitement that it was like a hand laid in his side and God healed him. I said, you go on home, take the night off, go play some tennis or something, no. I'm saying that to say this. You're not unique to those moments of, I don't know what to do. But are your eyes upon him? The way that Jehoshaphat's and Judah was, the land of Judah. When we get to that place that even when we don't know what to do, that our eyes are on him and we involve these steps that are pointed out to you tonight. You'll watch God. You'll, wa you'll get to watch God show up in your life, in your circumstance, in your problems, in your situations, and move on your behalf. Would you bow your head if you're here with me tonight and you say, Dennis, oh man, 
I'm in one of those didn't know what to do moments. Can I see your hand? Just get it up. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. If that's you, get your hand up. I don't care who you are. Yes, there's several hands up. Lord, you see those hands right now. And I pray, God, as these people have heard your word tonight and seen some just simple steps and points from your word as to how you brought Judah and Jehoshaphat out of their circumstance. God, I pray that as these people apply the word to your life and submit themselves to you and look to you and trust to you and lean not to their understanding, but lean upon you, God, they'll begin to see you making a way. They'll begin to see you parting the waters. They'll begin to see you healing their bodies. They'll begin to see you, Lord, showing up and showing out. There'll be another Bob and Lou Chandler that'll stand in this house that'll say, look what the Lord has done in my life. Lord, we believe you to be real. We believe you to be present. We believe you to be all power. We don't believe you to be some myth or some fable out there that's unapproachable or that you won't move on our behalf. We believe you watch over your word to heal and to set free. So Lord, I come against the strong man that's tormenting all of these that have raised their hands tonight. God, I bind him in the name of Jesus. I take authority and dominion over him in that name that's above every name. They have no authority. I cancel their assignment by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we invite you to fill us with your spirit, to fill us with your presence, to fill us with your love, to fill us with your understanding beyond ourselves. Lord, we simply ask you, like you healed Duke tonight, Lord, to move on behalf of these that have raised their hands. No one's looking around. If you're sick in your body, you need a touch. Stand to your feet real quick. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to beg you. If you need a touch, stand. I want to pray for you. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Get up there. It's your time. Nobody's looking around. Christian, I want you to begin to pray. See, only God can heal these that are standing, not me. But Lord, we thank you that your word said for us to pray one for another. That our joy could be full. And so, Lord, you see these men and women standing across this place tonight. You know the specifics and details involved into their health issues. And, Lord, there's nothing too hard or difficult for you. The name of cancer must submit to the name of Jesus. Diabetes, high blood pressure, heart problems, tumors, all health issues. So, Lord, we simply ask you tonight, touch their bodies, heal them. Let it be medically confirmed by their doctors. We're truly thankful for what doctors can do, but you're the great physician. And so, Lord, we expect testimonies to come of those that were healed this night. In Jesus' precious name, you may be seated. If you're here in this house tonight, nobody looking around real quickly. I just want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have an addiction in your life. It doesn't matter what the addiction is. I want you to stand to your feet real quick. I want to pray for you. You're tired of carrying it. You're tired of being bound by that. You're tired of letting it rule you. The Bible says whatever you yield yourself to, to that you become enslaved. You're here tonight and you want, I want you to stand. We already have some, but anybody else? Quick, nobody's looking around. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, your word says that you came to set at liberty those that are bound. 
And tonight we simply take you at your word, Lord. As you did in my own life, you set me free from alcoholism. And Lord, I don't know what these are standing for tonight, but God, I simply ask you to touch them and to help them and to deliver them. And Lord, to break those chains and loose them and set them free. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Nobody looking around. You need a job. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. You need a job and you're willing to work. And you're willing to work. Stand to your feet. Lord, you said for us to let all of our needs and requests be made known to you. We have some standing here tonight that need a job. God, I pray not just for a job, but the right job. The job that where they'll be a blessing to their employer and that they'll be the best employee that he's ever had or they've ever had. Help them to find favor as they go and fill out the applications and knock on the doors or do the emails or however they're gonna search, God. Help them to find favor with the right places and the right people. I want to encourage them to not be discouraged in their pursuit of a job, but Lord, we ask you to move expediently and timely, Lord, that in their lives that they will recognize that you've connected them to the right place in the right time. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you that on this Labor Day weekend, many will gather together with family and friends for outings and barbecues and cookouts, watch ball games. God, I pray that each and every one of us would be sensitive that maybe to one individual or maybe to our whole family or however you set it up, Lord, but that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we could speak a word of hope and we could speak a word of life we could speak a word of encouragement to those that are cast down Lord let us be light that shines in darkness use us to bring glory to your name and we'll be sure to say thank you and to give you praise for that in Jesus name Amen